Hi, you are now listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. Today you will hear a sermon from Pastor Dave Lee, so without further ado, here he is. Hello, I'm Phoebe Lee, and I'm going to be reading the scripture today. Luke 19, 1-10 Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord, and if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. Title of the message this morning is Jesus Saves. My memory verse for this week, and I don't know if you're in the practice of memorizing scripture. I wasn't for a really long time. I picked that up in the last three years. At my age, I can memorize the verse for a week at a time. And by the time I put the next week's in, the old one has somehow leaked out. But I think it's a good practice to just pour the word of God into your hearts. And uh, my memory verse for this week has been Matthew 121. I found out that's what Pastor Frank preached on at another church last Sunday, so I thought that was a funny coincidence. And it says, she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. It's a good reminder to me that what we celebrate at Christmas time is this Jesus who came to save people from their sins. It's the biggest reason he came. Jesus came to do a lot of things, but the most important thing that Jesus came to do was to save us from our sins. The loving sacrifice of Jesus on the cross saves us. It brings us from being lost to being found, from being spiritually dead to being spiritually alive. And on top of all that, the love of Jesus changes the kind of people we become. It's a transforming love. And I want to explore that love of Jesus through the story of a man named Zacchaeus, who is one of my favorite characters in the Bible because, like me, he is not the tallest man in the world. (laughs) A lot is made of height, and I think height's a nice thing. But as a short man, I'm on the side of height is overrated. This short little man has a story of being lost then being found and then being profoundly changed in the kind of person he would become. By the time I was 16 years old, I had been to church more than 500 times, but I was still lost. 
I knew a lot of Bible stories. I memorized them by heart. But I was still lost. I was coming to know the difference between what was right and what was wrong. And as much as I could, I tried to do what was right. But I was still lost. The last verse that Phoebe read for us were the words of Jesus. And he said about himself, For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. That word lost is an easily misunderstood word. It doesn't mean to insult anyone or to put a label on them they don't want. It's simply God's way of describing people who are separated from him because of their sin or because of their unbelief. But for whatever reason, they don't know him the way he wants them to know him. They don't believe him to be who he said that he is. And it's not a word to put a person down. It's a, it's a way of expressing from the heart of God that he sees all people as his children and the ones far from him he longs to bring home again. It's a word that describes the broken heart of God just the same way that if you are a parent and you lost your child, your heart would ache and you would not be able to rest until that child came home. That's the heart of God the Father for each person who is far from him. So don't misunderstand the word lost. It doesn't mean they are bad people. It means they are far from God in a way that God longs to restore and bring home. He wants all his children home with him. Sin and unbelief create a barrier between us and God, but those are the very barriers which Jesus himself has come to lower. In verse 1 of our text, it says, Jesus entered Jericho and made his way into the town. And there was a man named Zacchaeus, and he was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. The Bible doesn't use the word very lightly. If you're rich, it's a pretty good thing, but if you're very rich, that's like rich people go, someday I want to be very rich. Zacchaeus had a pretty good life. Though he was short, he was powerful, and he was very rich. And it reminds me that it's possible to be lost and not know you're lost. It's possible to be lost and not feel lost. Because I think on most days of his life, Zacchaeus had a pretty good life. People did what he asked because they were afraid of him. And whatever he wanted, whatever he desired, his money could get him very easily. And I don't know if you've ever had that kind of comfort, but I imagine it would be a very easy way to live. Zacchaeus wasn't just a tax collector, he was a chief tax collector. That means he was the boss of a small army of people who collected taxes for the Romans, who were their masters, and he made his fellow Jews pay taxes for Rome. But here's the thing, when you're the tax collector, you get to tell people what they owe, and he would always charge a little extra and steal some of the money for himself. Now, if you have that kind of power, that's a hard power or a hard temptation to resist. 
Can you imagine if you were collecting money on someone else's behalf, but no one knew how much you were collecting? So you, you owed someone $100, but you would say, you owe $150. And the person pays, and you keep $50 for yourself. That's criminal math. Some people are really good at criminal math. Zacchaeus was stealing money from his own people. And as a result, everyone hated him, but they were afraid of him. And you wonder, why would someone live this way? What makes a person comfortable hurting others? Why on earth would anyone choose to be this kind of person? I don't know if this is the whole reason, but Jesus, in his, in his record of this, points out, and Luke is, um, <coughs> excuse me, Luke is very um, careful to note that Zacchaeus was a short man. There's a lot of people who are short. I'm short, okay? I'm, and that's like, I'm just short. I'm not a dwarf, but I'm short. When you make much of a trait, it means it's not just a normal characteristic, but he is particularly, unusually short. He was the kind of man that everyone literally looked down on because that's how you talk to a guy that's short. And when you have something less than what average other people have, it doesn't feel great. I can tell you growing up, I didn't even get to this very tall height until much later in life. I went through most of my life the shortest kid in my whole school all the time. I was so happy when I met someone shorter than me in school. And when you feel like you are different than everyone and it's noticeable... When you feel like somehow, when you look around at the rest of the world, it seems like everybody got something, but you didn't. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel fair. And when people start to tease you about it, make you feel different about it, I think it over time starts to make you a little bitter in your heart. When you're short in a world of tall people, it makes you feel like you have no power. And so I think Zacchaeus, over time, got his power a different way. If people would not respect him, then at least they would be afraid of him. At least he could control them. And so he lived this way. Instead of getting respect, he settled for revenge. Instead of the true riches of love and friendship and community, he settled for wealth and comfort and the fear of others. But for whatever reason, on that particular day, something was happening in Zacchaeus' life that made him ready to meet Jesus. And when he heard that Jesus was coming to his city, he made a point of going out to the street where Jesus would be passing because he really wanted to see Jesus. I don't think he just wanted to see Jesus in his face. He wanted to see what kind of man would create such a reputation because everywhere Jesus went, people would say, He speaks with such authority. The words that he says are true. They changed our hearts. And so he wanted to hear this man, to meet him. And so he ran ahead of everybody. But it says that he tried to get a look at Jesus, but again, here comes his height. He was looking past the people, but he couldn't see over the crowds. Anyone know what that feels like? Maybe that's why he got rich, so he could get the front row seat and everything, 
just so he could see. And when he couldn't see over the crowds of people, he ran ahead of the crowds and he climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road waiting for Jesus to pass. It shows that Zacchaeus was very motivated to see Jesus because it takes a lot of humility for a rich and powerful man dressed in very nice clothes to climb a tree like a small boy and stand in the branches waiting for someone to pass by. I don't think that's normal behavior. It takes a lot of humility to do that. But before we give Zacchaeus too much credit, there's another reason we believe that he climbed into that tree. And maybe we get a clue why he used that tree when we think about what a sycamore fig tree looks like. Here's an example of a sycamore fig tree. It's a tree perfectly designed for shorter people to climb because the branches hang very low. And not only can you get on top of it, but once you're in the branches, sycamore trees have very thick leaves so that when you're in it, it's easy to hide. Once you're in the tree, it's hard for people looking up to see you if you want to remain hidden inside of a sycamore tree. And the idea is that he wanted to see Jesus, but he didn't necessarily want Jesus to see him back. He wanted to see Jesus from a safe distance, far away enough that he could look at Jesus and he could control the way that he encountered Jesus. And I understand that because when you're not comfortable in a place, you don't want to be the center of attention. When I was on my sabbatical and I visited other churches as a guest, it was a very unusual experience for me because I've been coming to the same church for 30 years, right? And going to new churches, I realized how uncomfortable it is when everyone notices you're new and they come up to you like, hi, what's your name? I'm like, oh, I just want to sit here for a little while and be ignored, please. But I said hello to everybody. And so I understand that feeling that when you're not ready to meet everybody, you want a safe distance from which you can see, but you're not seen. And I think there are a lot of people in churches all over America this morning who are in that place who want to see Jesus, they're drawn to him, they're curious about him, but they want to do it from a safe distance. And I totally understand why someone would want to do that. But Jesus is a very interesting guy. And when Jesus came by, he stops. Can you imagine what Zacchaeus felt like that day? Here he is in a tree going, please don't look, please don't look. And Jesus stops with his whole entourage right in front of his hiding place in the tree And then he looks right up at the spot where Zacchaeus is standing. And it's embarrassing enough that a grown man is in a tree. And it's embarrassing enough that he has to be up there because he's too short to see over everyone else. But then Jesus looks right at him and calls out his name. I, I would have fainted. How does he know my name? And he says to him, Zacchaeus. Now, right there is the one one moment that everyone dreads, right? When you're trying to be hidden and you're spotted and someone names you by name and everyone's attention is directed at you. And for Zacchaeus, that was not something he wanted. And I don't know what was going through his mind, but what do you think Zacchaeus was expecting? Because if Jesus knows his name, that means he's not an ordinary man. That means Jesus knows things that normal people don't know. If he knows my name, then he must know what kind of man I am. How angry, how bitter, 
how vengeful I am, how I've been abusing my own countrymen and stealing money. That's how I became very rich. He must know the kind of man I am, and if he is the Son of God, as he claims to be, then what will he say to me? Because Jesus is holy, and I am not. And when an unholy person encounters a holy person, there is a script, there is an expectation that what that holy person will do is just point at all of my unholiness and make me feel ashamed and rejected. So I think Zacchaeus was very shocked when after naming him, Jesus looks at him and he says, not in a harsh tone, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. There was a time in the world when, when a celebrity was coming through your town, it would be the greatest honor for them to invite themselves to your house. I don't think it works the same way today. We would be kind of resentful of that. But the person who was the person of honor, if they invited themselves to your home, it was a great gift to you. It elevated your standing in the community. And when Jesus did that, what he was saying is, Zacchaeus, you expect me to judge you or maybe to tease you, ridicule you, make you feel embarrassed. Maybe you, you expected me to point out all of your bad qualities in front of everyone you have harmed. But instead of rejecting him, Jesus honored him. He said that he wanted to be a guest in Zacchaeus' house. Most people, when they finally meet Jesus for who he is, are shocked and surprised at what he turns out to be like. Because they expect a certain kind of reaction, and they get something very, very different from Jesus. And you know that Zacchaeus was deeply affected by this because his reaction is one of, of great relief. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. When Jesus showed him love and not hatred, Zacchaeus stopped hiding in his safe tree and came running towards Jesus. And that's how we know that he went from lost to found by this Jesus. Because lost means far from God. It doesn't mean you're just bad because we're all bad. But it means that because of the things we do, we ourselves have not turned to God, believing that he doesn't want us. Zacchaeus stopped hiding from Jesus came running towards Jesus. And it may have looked like Zacchaeus was searching for Jesus, but it turned out that Jesus was searching for Zacchaeus too. On the day that Zacchaeus was ready to meet him, that's the day that Jesus came to his particular city. And Zacchaeus was lost, but Jesus was the one who had found him. When you are lost and someone finds you, parents, I don't know if you've ever had a scare where you brought your kid to a Walmart and there was a buy one, get one free, and you got all carried away and you looked up and your kid's not around and you have a panic attack. And you're shouting their name, walking up and down the aisles because kids don't tell their parents that they also found something interesting. And when you finally find that kid, 
For both of you, what is the feeling? Joy, relief, unexpected happiness and relief. That's the feeling of a person who thought that they could never be acceptable to God, who thought that after all the years of unbelief and rejection and all the things they know they've done, God would never accept them. And God shocks them with the way that he responds to them. I want to invite our choir to come up and share a song that invites us to behold the person of Jesus and consider what a source of joy and excitement he is for us.
They were practicing last night as I was at the office working on finishing this message, and that's what I got to listen to. It was great. Thank you so much for all of your preparation and for all your rehearsals. Remember that being lost is not simply a description of how bad a person is. We're all bad. The label sinner continues to apply to us as those who sin even after we come to know Jesus. But the difference between the lost and found is not simply our moral performance, but that those who are found know in whom we can find forgiveness and righteousness and acceptance in order to move forward from our own failings and our flaws. It is to say, even though I will continue to do what I know is wrong from time to time, I will grow to hate that in me, and I will know who to turn to when I am am burdened with guilt and regret. I know that when I look in the mirror and I see someone who chooses to do what is wrong, I can look up and see a God who gives me the ability to still know him because he accepts me. He loves me while I am still a sinner. I told you that until I turned 16, I had been to church 500 times or more, and I was still lost. But halfway through the 16th year of my life, I sat in a room about the size of this one, and I heard a man preach the gospel. And on that day, I had no idea it would happen. That was the day that God had a divine appointment to open my eyes and my heart to who he was. And I saw myself as I truly am for the first time in my life. And I saw him for who he is. And I was shocked at how he responded to me. And I wept for hours that day in relief and joy. And I have never, ever been the same person since that day. We know that Zacchaeus began his spiritual change that very day on that first encounter. Because he who was hidden from God, hiding from God, up in a tree, quickly and enthusiastically climbed down to approach Jesus. He went from being far from God to being in front of God. That's not the whole of the journey, but that's how it begins for everyone. A safe distance hidden from God. And suddenly you realize that you can approach and run to this Jesus and accept not rejection or ridicule, but love and acceptance and forgiveness for your sins. Not everybody was happy with the way that Jesus treated Zacchaeus. Because everyone in that city had been abused and stolen from by this man. And when the holiest man walks into town, what you want is for him to finally give Zacchaeus the justice he deserves. That's what we all want for other people, never for ourselves. We want everyone else to get their justice. We want God to give us his mercy. Isn't it funny how it works? Please treat me with mercy, but give everyone else the justice that they deserve. And so everyone was probably waiting like, oh good, Zacchaeus is finally going to get his little butt kicked. Jesus is going to show him how bad he is, how wrong he's been living. And instead, Jesus gives him the greatest honor and says, I'm going to come and be a guest at your house today. 
They called him a sinner and they grumbled that Jesus was being kind to him. But that is at the heart of the love of God. Is that he loves people who don't love him back. He loves people while they are still lost to him, far from him. He loves us more than we will ever love him. And when he comes into our lives for the first time, he comes bearing not just justice, but he comes bearing forgiveness and mercy. And the justice we deserve, he took on himself. We will never have to carry the punishment for our sins because he did that for us. And that's why it's a waste of time comparing which one of us is worse or better than the others. In the eyes of God, we are all deserving of justice and punishment. But God took that on himself because he loves us and does not want us to remain far from his heavenly father. Let me wrap up this way. We know that not only did Zacchaeus' spiritual journey begin that day as he came down from that tree and approached Jesus, but in his heart, something else was changing. It wasn't just that Jesus changed his heart. He changed his mind and the way he decided to live. He changed the things that Zacchaeus called valuable, important. Zacchaeus was a short man and he didn't have many friends, but he had a lot of money and the money gave him power. It gave him freedom. It gave him comfort and luxury. And without any prompting from Jesus, Zacchaeus says, Lord, I will give half my wealth to the poor. And if I have cheated anyone on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much as I have stolen from them. That's not an easy thing to say. No one told him to say it. But this is the nature of the acceptance and love of Jesus for us, is when we receive it, this kind of love, it changes us. It doesn't just make us go from lost to found, but it changes the way that we are. God doesn't love us because we do the right thing. We do the right thing because God loves us. It's a big difference between those two sentences. We do not, God does not love us because we do what is right. We do what is right because God loves us. And so Jesus says in front of everyone, salvation has come to this home today. I don't think Zacchaeus had any idea when he woke up that morning and was brushing his teeth with a twig. I don't know what they used in those days. He had no idea that that was going to be the day that his whole life would be turned upside down and he would meet Jesus. On that day that I went to the retreat for youth in August of 1984, I woke up that morning. It was the same as every other morning. I had no idea that that day my world would be turned upside down and I would never be able to think about God the same way again. On the day you meet Jesus for who he really is, as your savior, as your king, may be a day where you least expect to meet him. But he has a day appointed for you when he will open the eyes of your heart and you will see him 
for who he is. I believe that with all my heart, the people who love you believe that with all their hearts, we are praying for each of those here among us who are journeying with us through this life, sharing love and community, but you don't know Jesus in this way yet. I'm so glad you are here with us. And I believe that one day, he will open your eyes to see him as we see him. Until that day, please continue with us in community. And one day when you're ready, he will be right there. On the day that you are ready to meet him, he will visit you as well. And if you do know Jesus as your Savior, can we pause this Christmas to remember that what we are celebrating is someone who was born a baby and lived a full human life, only to have that life snuffed out at the end for our sakes. So each of us who was lost once would be found. And each of us who once loved what is wrong and what is dark have learned to love what is good and what is right more and more. I think the greatest way we can celebrate Christmas is to thank Jesus for what he came to do and to remember the day when he opened your eyes and your heart to who he was. Many years have passed for me. I am now, I got saved at 16, and I am now 56. This is the 40th anniversary of my salvation. I'm 40 years old as a Christian. I'm still not the same. I will never be the same. Would you remember the day that he opened your heart and your eyes to him? Spend some time this Christmas just thanking him for what he has done and for who he has been to you and to me. I'm going to invite you to just reflect on who Jesus is to you today. And as you do that, I'm going to invite the choir to come back up and lead us through a more reflective song by which we can consider who Jesus is for each of us. Thank you for worshiping with us this morning. Uh, I want to give you the word of blessing. And after that, just remain seated as Pastor Frank gives us some announcements. I am proof that you can grow up in the church and still be lost until the day that Jesus shows you who he really is. May God open the eyes of your heart so that you will see Jesus for who he truly is and you will then see yourself as you truly are. May he show you on that day that you are more loved than you could possibly imagine. He knows everything about you, the good and the bad, and yet he loves you. And he's calling you home to the Father. Someday, for each in this room, may we all together go home to our Father through Jesus. For those who are saved, may the joy of your salvation be renewed today. May he give you a spring in your step and a new zeal to live this new life in Christ 
with vigor, and with your full commitment. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, be blessed now and forever. Amen. Thanks for listening to the sermon from Harvest Community Church. If you would like more information or have any questions or comments, check out our website at harvest-community.org. Thanks for listening.